and welcome to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a program of educators worldwide. I'm your host today, Melanie Gobert. Hello, everyone. This is Melanie Gobert, your host for today's episode of TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a program of educators worldwide. Uh, today, our guests joining us are Jenny McCoy and Judy Wren from Sultan Qaboos University in Oman. Jennifer and Judy will be talking about AI and chat GPT, considering the future of writing instruction. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. So over to you. What are your initial thoughts on AI and chat GPT and the future of academic writing? I okay, I'll go first. Um, so I think as many people have heard Chat GPT, which is the forward-facing um, interaction with OpenAI's large language model, which is a generative AI. So what that means is it can create new language. So this came um, GPT three was open to the public at the end of November. And since that time, um, we're now seeing it everywhere across not just chat GPT, but also AI integration, open AI integration into all manner of products and services um, in, in a way that it, it's, it's hard to really comprehend the changes that, it, that it's um, impacting on us so quickly. Yeah. Jen, you want to add? Yeah, so this large language model has been trained on terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of natural, actual human language that's been scraped off the internet. So it's got this giant body of language that has been used to train the AI in how to produce its language, but it's not been trained as in here's the language and here's how you use it and here are the rules. Instead, it's just been taught to how to learn. So it's taken all of this language and created its own rules. And so much like humans acquiring language, we don't really quite know how it happens. The computers have learned language well enough that they can generate their own stuff. They're not, it's not when you ask ChatGPT a question, it's not going out to Google and you know searching the internet for information that's already out there or language that's already out there. It's actually generating something brand new. Um, and this is now being used in lots of things that teachers might be familiar with, like Quizlet, um, Duolingo, um, lots of other sort of teaching tools that some audio stuff now is using this kind of AI. And it's expanding out into lots of, of commercial websites as well. So Kayak, if you're looking for um, you know, vacation plans, you can type in kind of what you want to do and where you want to go and how much money you want to spend and, and interact with it like it's a person, like a travel agent, mm -hmm. rather than like just a, a search engine. Um, and this is, of course, impacting us as language teachers massively right now. And it's kind of just starting. Um, we're, we're just starting to see the first papers that are coming in from students that have been generated with J with AI or with the help of AI. And it's a, a really interesting frontier um, of how, how students are actually producing their writing. Um, Judy, do you want to tell? Yeah, go so ahead. This moves us to um, what does this mean for academic integrity? That's a huge question that 
I don't think we have an answer for just yet because what these AI um, language generators are doing right now is it's not taking someone else's information or someone else's ideas. It's actually creating new language. So that means that it's number one, very difficult for our current plagiarism detectors to detect. Um, something like Turnitin, for example, it can say, here's your paper. Here's a paper that was on the internet a year ago, and you can see they're the same. So we can say, okay, you went there, you copied, and you put it in your paper without the correct citations. That's you know, what we would call plagiarism. But with what ChatGPT, for example, was producing, it's not in a database anywhere. It's not on the internet. It's new language. And so we can't point to it and say, oh, well, ChatGPT chat GPT produced this language. It's not original to yourself. Some other things that we're having to grapple with as well is for these large language models to work, these AI um, to work well, is it, it does require human interaction. The ideas are coming from the user. Chat GPT is just synthesizing it, coalescing it into an idea, doing what you ask it to do, essentially. So that does change the nature of what does it mean to produce a piece of writing. So I think these are conversations that we're just now starting that are going to continue for the next years, potentially. Jen? Yeah, um, right now we're starting to see people starting to come out with eBooks that have been produced collaboratively with AI. And they could be a 200 page book with all kinds of interesting information. Right now, the ones I'm looking at are all about AI. <laughs> um, but it's, <laughs> if you haven't used it, it's not really like you just go and say, you know, write me a 200 page book about AI and hit the go button and you get something that you can publish on the internet. It's more like feeding it ideas, asking it about tips for organization, um, how you're going to, to fill out and explain things. And then the person, the user is actually going through and, and putting things together, fine tuning bits of it and, and sharpening up the parts that they want and really working collaboratively with the AI to come up with something that's better than probably what they could have come up with on their own or just from a different angle than you would have come up with just sitting in a room by yourself typing. Um, so the whole idea of what's mine and what, what I was helped with and what's really not mine is, is just a huge gray area right now um, that I think that we're going to spend the next several years exploring um, in, in terms of academic integrity and also just authorship, um, voice of an author, that kind of thing. It's, um, it's, it's new. It's, it's, it doesn't really quite sound like me, but I often think it sounds quite a lot better than I do. So uh, is it me? Not, not sure. So let's think about this in another way, okay? I uh, recently moved to Belgium and I started taking Dutch lessons. I, I'm fluent in French and English. And, uh, but still, you know, I have little, I'm about a A2 level now, maybe B1. I have to write little letters describing my holidays or something like that. But occasionally in my real life, I get emails or official letters written in Dutch and I need to understand them so I can use my phone, you know, uh, this app on Google to translate from a PDF so I understand the letter. Then I compose my response in English. And then I uh, use Google Translate because that has advanced a lot. And then when I respond to the letter, I 
copy paste the Dutch, um, the English that I wrote originally is right underneath it. Now, most of the Dutch speakers in Belgium speak English and are fluent in English. So right. using Dutch is a national policy for other reasons, okay? So let's just take, you know, chat GPT. I understand that businessmen can tell it to write a letter to their staff about this or that. What is wrong with doing that? Saves you time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I agree. And you as a as a second language learner, third language, fourth language learner, um, trying to communicate effectively um, in, in a sense where you're not being evaluated on your language skills, but on your ideas and your, your communication. Um, ChatGPT and other AI is, is great for that. You can put in some ideas and you can probably use it as a learning tool as well. Ask it some things, ways to sharpen up your vocabulary. You can have it check your grammar. You can have it make it sound more natural. You can have it, you could tune, tune up the language so it's a little more sophisticated, tune it down to be a little simpler so you can understand it. Um, it's just something that you can negotiate back and forth with depending on your needs. Um, we're kind of seeing that in our students right now. Um, they're using it in some really interesting and creative ways. Um, Judy, maybe you want to talk mm -hmm. about um, our, the students, the project that they're doing right now. Yeah, so I have a group of, Jen and I actually are teaching the same group of students, lucky for them, um, a group of pretty low level, um, I would say pre-intermediate English language learners, and they're currently doing a, yeah, they're currently working on a project, and one of the steps of their long-term project is they have to write a summary slash proposal of all the research that they've been doing, and it's a pretty highly set uh, task. The task is not formulaic at all. It's very specific to this one project. And um, so I've been using ChatGPT with my students to help them improve, just test it out, see what it works with it, what's working for them, what's not, how we can use it as a learning tool. And so some of my students actually put their proposal into ChatGPT and the results came back quite interesting. I had one group whose proposal that they gave back to me was absolutely perfect. There was nothing wrong with it in terms of language, vocabulary, structure, organization, but they clearly understood the task and they clearly had the information to give ChatGPT. So for that task, for me, it wasn't a language task. It was more of a summarizing task. I said, hey, you guys did a great job. Another group did similar pretty good, but they still weren't able to use ChatGPT effectively. And so some of their responses that came back were a little not exactly right because that what they said it wasn't correct. The third group used it completely inappropriately and the response that they got back, they didn't edit, they didn't modify. And so what they gave me was completely not what the assignment asked for. So it's quite interesting seeing students, they want to use it, but they need to know how to use it correctly, which brings me back to the businessman. He can make an email, but if he doesn't know what a good email to a team looks like, what it should contain, the tone, the register, all of those things, then just asking ChatGPT to make him an email is not going to be very effective. And he's not going to, you know, he's, he's not going to get a promotion because he's, you know, made more emails if the emails aren't effective. So it's not just we ask it to do a thing and like Jen was saying, you push go and there it is. You still need to understand what is the task, what's the objective of your whatever it is that you're producing, and then how do you work with the AI to get it to assist you um, and produce 
what it is that you're wanting to produce. Yeah, coming up with a, a really specific prompt to put in to get what you want mm -hmm. out of it is quite an art form that people are right now publishing a lot of ebooks about. Um, fine tuning the tone and the register, the genre, all that kind of stuff, letting it know what you want. It can do basically anything you want it to, but being able to tell it really clearly what you want is, is kind of the key to it. And that's what we're all exploring right now. Okay, thank you very much, Jennifer and Judy, for joining us on today's episode of TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a program of educators worldwide. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been your host, Melanie Gobert, and until next time. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. Share with us how you are using these tips. Leave us a comment or voice message on social media or at ttelt.org. Thanks for joining this episode of TTELT, brought to you by Educators Worldwide. Follow, like, and subscribe to TTELT on your social media. And try a new teaching tip today.